0: you are listening to the official concept podcast enjoy listening to alan we are with ricardo he is a f1 driver welcome how are you
1: i'm very well alan how are you
0: um, i'm doing great
1: okay.
0: when you were eight years old and started driving and karting was it always your dream to become a formula one driver
1: well when you start of course I was crazy about Formula One on TV from a young age because of uh, you know because it was on TV all the time uh, through my father. I was watching, and I actually I used to before that I used to to dismantle my my cars that people would give it to me, my parents uh, Christmas uh, gifts, so, and I used to do racing and proper uh, results, you know, with a shit, proper uh, championship score. So so uh, I was already into big match into racing and of course when my father gave me a, a go-kart when I was just I was seven years old I started racing with eight, nine Um yeah, of course uh, that was my my, my 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 dream in the moment that that time I used to say I want to go to, to be F1 but I didn't I didn't realize yet what it was you know Um I just was I wanted to be there and um, and uh, and you create this dream about F1 something special that is young's on TV that everybody's like superheroes driving that fast the cars, you know, in control speed, and I wanted to be there and uh, without realizing what would be the path and uh, how complex it could be, you know.
0: How old were you when you were assembling cars?
1: Oh, I don't know, actually, I, I was so young. Uh, because, oh my you know, gosh, yeah. because and 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 actually, I used to do the worst, you know, because they used to give me. Small cars to play no toy cars and then uh, the in the, my father had a lot of cars collection you know inside of the tweeters, that car collection I used to take it off the glass um, and screw the cars and just uh, use that you know as a competition as a racing cars. My father used to go mad about that oh oh I wanted to race in f one or probably I would be one of the organizers I don't know what was <laughs> going through my head in that time, but yes I was was very keen into into competition, and I didn't start actually in racing. Actually, I started in um, martial arts because my my father was um, a Portuguese uh, several times Portuguese champion in, in judo, and he used to go to one of the Olympics. Um, and my grandfather actually helped to bring um, a judo uh, to Angola because in that time we were still living in Angola. And um, and uh, and I started with judo, but as soon as I got but I liked cars and playing and stuff and uh, and as soon as I got the first go kart I didn't I didn't want to to be in the ring or, or develop. It was good it's good for my fitness and for my, my mental training but as soon as I drove the go kart I said no this is it. I want I wanted more, I want more, you know. But it's normal when you when you're only seven years old and they give you a fast kart. you know. It's not a play, it's not a joke. they just give you a fast kart. It's 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 impossible to control.
0: Do you think that you love the adrenaline? Seeing that you were starting out as in martial arts, and then you transitioned to driving.
1: Yes, I guess so. But it, you know, it's, it's 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 completely different kind of mentality, actually, because it's it's one of that martial arts that uh, they teach you how to be relaxed, how to be focused, how to be in control with your um, I say with your feelings, you know, uh, and uh, and with your body. And then suddenly go in go kart. It's a very aggressive sport. It's almost contact because it's not a single seater, not a, a normal car that you have contact. There's car damage, and that that's it. No, actually, in go kart is proper contact. You touch each other. You push, and uh, and you have to be very aggressive. And was the, and probably actually I was more adrenaline addict than uh, that uh, that beginning of being uh, in. Uh, in the most, more in a harmony kind of environment, you know.
0: Mm, so the addiction really pushed you when you started out.
1: Yeah, yes, it, it does. And I think the addiction is the, the, the is it, an addiction. And when we say that uh, adroin is addiction, it is because it, it is the moment you try it, it seems that you want it more. And the, the way it works sometimes is, yeah, of course, before the, the green light or before testing, or whatever, there's there's always a little bit of you that is scared, right? Uh, because uh, you're going that speed or you have to do a race, you, you're scared to fail, uh, whatever. But it increases your adrenaline, it increases your rush, it increases your focus. And, um, and actually it's that feeling that uh, is addictive.
0: Do you ever think about like if you were to crash or if you were to get any damages or do you mainly just focus on winning or uh, like thinking about other drivers? Which, which one's the main thought process?
1: Um, it, it it's strange actually. It's uh, some some depends depends of your your uh, your state of mind really, and uh, it, it and depends of the the categories. When you start feeling more pressure, when you when you on go karting, you, you have that rush and stuff. But it's more like you don't you're not afraid of crashing the first corner. You're only afraid that you can go through the first corner or you can't get that much results because then it's going to uh, conditionate your race. After that, you know, because you have to take care of your tires and stuff. So, it's uh, it, it's because you you get very uh, you try to calculate every single step. You get more I uh, say more detailed in in your, in the way you think, and uh, and sometimes you just want to you just that rush of the first corners. You get a good position, nobody crashing to you, and you can go through it. So and then you can control your your race, you know, uh, because at that moment you're in control, but you have other kind of Environment around you that uh, that you, you can't control, and um, but also when you go up to the classes, sometimes the pressure goes different. Because it depends. Sometimes you you are having lack of sponsorship so you have to you have to to perform in that race without doing any kind of damage because you're trying to find more sponsorships or else you can keep going or all the way around. Or you have sponsors there, or you you have a you already get a contact to Formula One team and you want to for them to notice you. So it's different kind of pressures you have every single race weekend or if the qualifier goes bad and you have to you have to to, to try to change into the race. It's um, but it's funny how the of how your mind works because it <laughs> adapts every single situation you are, in, you know. And when you the visor goes down and you start the engine, it looks like suddenly you calm down. You know, you just calm down. You just focus on your thing and uh, and try to to make the most of it, you know.
0: What has been your greatest achievement in your career?
1: Getting to Formula One, actually, um, because when I got to F1, actually, I was was it was was hard. I had, I have I had a massive handicap because uh, it was the first time um, a racing driver with an Angolan nationality was trying to get in, in Formula One. Um, so I had to go to sport, get, trying to get support from my country that racing was part of culture, in the national racing, but not like this international level, you know. And then, um, and it's not normal. Normally you have a lot of Brazilian drivers, uh, English drivers, German drivers, you know. Mine was a bit different. Yeah. And I knew that I had a lot of pressure to trying to, um, the first time I tested Formula One car, every, every race I go, I'll be more, I said, people will be more analytical about my results because I was the only one. Okay. So it's not like it was normal. You had like 10 or 15 drivers, the same nationality. No, I was the only one. So it was harder. And the moment I got to Formula One, um, that that was pressure. You know, the first time I sit in the car. Uh, and uh, because of all that, was, I finally made it from all the adversities. Um I was sitting there then had all the journalists in front of the garage because they were curious to know who was sitting in that car and then uh, and then I had the, it was the first time that car was on track because I was in KTRAM. was a, was a, it wasn't that fast team really it was there was they were competing in through the back because it, they were just a new team and that actually belonged to Tony Fernandez that he Air at Asia um uh, the uh, the, the airplane company in uh, in, in Malaysia in and um and they were uh, and they were saying because it was the shakedown of the car the first time I was was me first time shaking down the car that day and they were like please you tr- you can try to prove as fast as you can that you are c- good but if you do a mistake and you can and, and you we're going to go get a setback you're going to prove us that you do not belong here so, so you know, so that all that kind of pressure, and uh, but in the end of the day, well, was I, I stopped and I say everything worth it. it was that moment that I felt that everything worth it. You know?
0: What is it about Formula One that you love the most?
1: The the complexity of everything, you know, uh, it's the one of the it's the pinnacle of motorsport. It's the pinnacle of, in terms of technology. Um, it's almost like a spacecraft. Um, everything around Formula One is on the peak of technology, peak of performance. Um, everybody has to be in perfect harmony. All the or the pit crew, the mechanics, the driver, everything is. You have a, a massive staff. For example, in the race weekend, you we have a lot of a lot of staff per team, and um, and everybody's working very coordinated. Uh, and then, of course, is the speed. The, the fact that it's the best drivers in the world, are um, everything is to the limit. You stre- everything is stressed, of course. You're always in big pressure. That, as you said before, is like the pressure, the adrenaline that you can get enough you know, of it. It's like it's a rush, it's like an, um, an addiction. And uh, it's everything actually around the Formula One that uh, makes it so special. Special, I know. What do
0: you think will be in the future? For electric cars and racing, will they take over traditional racing cars?
1: Uh, well, that's a that's a massive question, actually, because um, it's a, a really good question that a lot of people actually been thinking. Thinking the way it goes, we see the, the normal manufacturers uh, going to electric technology, and um, also now the going into a everybody going to. Electric technology is very important because of start with the combustion engine, stop with the that uh, kind of pollution in the air, plus um, all the oils and everything. So uh, it's very important. But for example, we have Forme already. Uh, Forme is is doing an amazing job because it's a the champion is started uh, not many years ago. And they, they keep developing, developing, developing. And I think they're going to get into a stage that when Formula One sees it, Formula One will t- try to go into it, into electric. At the moment also, uh, a moment already, Formula One actually is the most efficient engine um, there is in the world. Also, and, and they are a hybrid system, they have already an hybrid system. So uh, they are already walking that way, like for me. Because more and more is more important uh, the carbon footprint. so um, so I think it's very important. To be honest. It's very important we go that way. It's very important we get more awareness of the environment. It's very important that these main uh, sports that are more visible and have to be um, they have to be used for educational to educate people to to be the reference to be the example. You know, so um, so. Um, and So I, I see it every year changing it every year, everybody th- thinking how they can do it to keep the, the high profile, keeping the, the technology high, keeping the everything as a, as I said, the pinnacle of technology and showing that it's possible we're going through that way, that it's possible we reduce the pollution, it's possible to reduce the carbon footprint. So it's, so I think it's um, something is growing and something that, uh, that it way to go to be honest, you know
0: seeing that you've finished F1 racing what projects are you working on now
1: hey, well actually i'm still working in formula 1 um, because as soon as well, i left i was test driver with Katram and then uh, then um, then i started doing other racing and driver coaching and i do a lot still I, I do a lot of manufacturing events and i left that world of formula 1 um, and uh, and I started doing uh, a lot of testing for manufacturers uh, I started doing uh, as I say events for some manufacturers car launches um, and then I did a few races in prototypes in Asia uh, with the uh, Jackie Chan uh, racing team and then uh, from, and then I um, and then one day I, I I found that you know something was missing I really wanted to go back to watch a formula 1 race because I missed the environment I missed the people so when I went back I I spoke with uh, a few friends, and uh, a few months I received a, a call to if I was interested come back to Formula One, but with a different role, you know, a more diplomatic role, and um, and I did. I did in 2019, and now I'm working. Um, most of the races uh, because of this pandemic, of course, because it's unfortunate we've been with a lot of restrictions because of uh, because of COVID. Um, but I worked uh, in Formula 1 as a, as expert, as a host, as a, an ambassador, um, and uh, it's great. And, and besides, uh, Parallel to that, I have some other uh, projects like uh, management and driver coaching for young drivers, and, uh, and also uh, uh, some other things that took um, uh, in terms of networking involved Formula 1.
0: How do you prepare for a race, and what goes through your mind?
1: Um, well, the, you're always preparing throughout the week, you know, the way that, uh, because not the, you have the trainers, you have uh, nutrition, um, you have always someone with you that is like a mentor uh, travel driver coach, mentor, personal trainer, you know, someone that it's important to have someone to follow you that uh, knows you, knows how to push you knows when you need to relax, knows when you need your space, you know, someone that takes care of everything that, so you can be more focused to the race uh, without avo- avoid, uh, avoiding a little bit external noise. And uh, and everything is prepared for you when you get to a race weekend. So you start, for example, a normal day, you go to, to the gym, you do meditation, you eat certain, a certain time so your body is ready for that weekend because of the time zone. Um you do a lot of mental training and it's not just about putting strength into your body, but also making your mind strong, you know, so you do a lot of mental uh, training, a lot of coordination exercises and then you prepare that for the race weekend. And then as soon as you get to the race weekend, it's more about getting yourself into the zone. So concentration, uh, visualization, Uh, when you sit in the car, just visualize the full lap without, Without driving, you know, just by visualizing the low, the, the full lap, trying to get into into the rhythm, but, and sometimes actually when you when you when you in that zone in that mental stage stage is actually that's how funny your mind works. When you get into that mental stage, it's almost possible to do a a, a lap similar to that you do when you are out there in the racing car, you know, driving just through your mind, you know, try and simulate everything, every single step. Um so, uh, so yeah, so that's basically how you prepare to the race. It's just, uh, just trying to get uh, yourself in your mindset into, into the mode. So when you get into jump to the car, it's like, okay, just driving now, but uh, everything comes automatic. You know, everything is there sticking your head around.
0: Are you able to put yourself in the driver's seat when it's a new racetrack?
1: Yeah, uh, it's like uh, you have, when is a new racetrack? You do a lot of work in the in the simulator also, you know. So it's never a new new track when you go out there. It's like, um, you because the the factories, the teams have uh, all these high tech uh, simulators. So they go a few days before, a few weeks before, they got the the, the photo of the track, they they trans they trans, they pass into the simulator, and then you have the simulator and spend hours in the simulator. Driving and trying different things for actually trying to simulate for this the car setup, but also for you to get used to the, the track. And then when you go there, actually we go for a walk. We we walk the track with engineers to see if there's anything different, a curb higher, mm-hmm. a bump higher, uh, some more bumps, uh, different on max. And so you analyze everything when you go for a walk on track. And then when you sit, you just feel, you saw the truck, you went for a walk. Sometimes I go for a run after that, just to, to just to, to, you're just running, but because you're just looking, your mind is processing the information, right? So you, you're getting that, the circuit into your head. Um. So then in the morning, I just go for a cycle around. And then after that, you just, you just look into the, into the data. It's like matrix. Okay. So you're seeing like lines only. Uh, but you see lines, and uh, but you know what it is, and you where you're braking, where you're accelerating, you can associate that. Um, and then you just close your eyes, just memorize. So, try and visualize the track how the best way to approach, how the best way to attack the corner, best lines. And then when you sit in the car and you go for it, it's instinct, you know, because um, you, uh, you went through so much, so many processes until the moment you're just, just out on track, uh, that you, the idea on track is just try to go faster. It's like you've already been there, but with a different car. And then just focus on the setup of the car, you know, on the, the feeling of the car.
0: You've said that diet is the most important thing for a balanced body and mind. Yeah. How do you implement this in your life?
1: Uh, it, it in, in the beginning, it's it's hard, you know. When, when, we are very, when you are very young, to, to try to make a diet. Uh, when I say diet, is not like not eating, of course. It's eating healthy, right? Um, taking the sugars out, uh, taking the not drink alcohol, uh, hydri- hydration, hydration is, uh, drinking alcohol, hydration, drinking water, sorry my English. Drinking water is, uh, is very important. Uh, minerals, uh, vi- uh, vitamins. So in the beginning it's hard because when I went to, for example, I went to 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 England very young when I was seventeen years old by myself. Okay, so I had to live with the team owners because I wasn't old enough to live by myself. Um, in the beginning, and then I started living with the, another racing drivers by myself, depending on the team owners. And uh, and the, when you are alone trying to make a nutrition that people giving to you uh, was hard because, you know, you go to a shop, you see a chocolate, you're young, you you go out, you see your friends drinking, you know. And it, in the beginning it's difficult, you know, because you think you're making such a big sacrifice, you know, that all of this is a sacrifice. It's difficult. It's difficult to stick. But the moment you see your body changes, the moment you see your mind changes also, and you, it then it gets natural. Now it's natural i don't I don't say that I do a diet now, for example, I say that is my 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 way of eating you know is my my routine is my my normal thing i don't I don't look for example to sweets or or um, a fast food like uh, it's a sacrifice i i want to eat it so much no I just look at it and it doesn't feel like you know because if I'm hungry, I eat a fruit if I'm hungry, I eat something you know different you know i cook something i cook some eggs. So it's, um, so now it's like a lifestyle, you know, it's like a routine. It's not like, it's not like something that I implement anymore. It's just, just something that I, I keep doing it because I feel good. And it's funny because the older you get, because you get this regime in terms of healthy food. I I do a lot of meditation also. Um, and, uh, and of course, that's a big play when I did martial arts when I was young. So I helped. Um, but uh, you get older, but your body doesn't change that much. You know, people say, oh, when you get old, your body is going to get transformed. You know, you're not going to be, it's going to be so difficult to keep it clean and all that. And and it's not, you know, just because we keep the it routine. It's a repetition, you know. So it's like everything is, I feel as good as I was when I was 20s, you know. So it's 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 very important, healthy foods, how to eat. Mm.
0: I think that discipline with either maintaining a diet or physical exercise or even studying is giving your own self a huge form of respect yeah. whenever someone will come up to you and offer you a drink because this is very this is really common with yeah. everybody. What did you used to do um, to turn them down
1: yeah it's uh you know it's in in the in in the beginning is it's difficult. It's, it's a very good point because sometimes you say no, I don't want to, but uh, sometimes you, you're in environment at uh, your friends or where, who you are with, or or in a in a business meeting, for example, or, or something. They'll say, "No, drink it. Just this time, you know. I'll just drink and don't be like that. Yeah, um, just have fun." And it's very difficult because sometimes you think, "Oh yeah, you're right. Just this time, you know. I just have fun." But then, but but the good thing is, I always had a good environment around me that always respected what I was doing, what I was fighting for, what I was trying to achieve, you know. And um, and also, so I never get, I never get into that. that I never got the time actually that uh, I was forced to say no, because the first time I say no, people say, "Okay, fair enough." Um, and always my excuse was, I can be out, I can go to bed 2 or 3 a.m. because I'm just relaxing a little bit with some friends, but I won't wake up early because I have to go to train. I have to go to hit the gym, I have to go for a run, I need to to warm-up. I, I want to go for a golf contract or something, you know. So, so actually, I was lucky enough in that aspect to respect. Of course, you have one or sometimes that uh, you do it, you know, for fun. Um but actually when I do that when I have a drink or I, I have different kind of food actually it's after the race weekend Normally it's when you're relaxing with all the drivers that went through the same process you know Um with our personal trainers that going through the same process to help you and after the race weekend of course you have that after parties and uh, and then you think okay we're going to leave everything here you know we drink everything we can until we pass out. We go to eat it. as much food we want. But but um, because we knew that we were just in that time because Monday we're going back to normal, you know. And, uh, and it was funny, we did this so many times that you end up not going, not want to go out anymore, you know. Not want to go to after party anymore because I don't want to, you know. Or going and you think, I'm not drinking that much because I don't want to, I don't like, you know. So is that to say, the, the repetition, the process, the, the the consistency, you end up um, making things normal, you know?
0: What advice would you give to your younger self when first starting Formula One?
1: Uh, oh, wow. It's <laughs> what I say. If I could go back and have the mind of a older, older person and more experienced and then uh, with, uh, with the anger of... Uh, on uh, of yourself um, when of, um, a younger it would be easier, wasn't it, for everyone? Uh, no, probably, of course, I will change something, but I I'll say that in some situations, to, to keep it more relaxed, you know, to, to don't worry so much, to just enjoy it, because I feel sometimes mm-hmm. I didn't enjoy mm-hmm. that much, because it's what I say, the, the pressure, There's some things, so much things in your head, the publicity, the journalists, the, the teams, the team manager, the engineer, the, the result, the sponsors being there. And then we end up in a loop that is a job. You have a lot of pressure behind in in, in, in your shoulders. And then, and probably say just enjoy it more. You know? This is not going to last. Just enjoy the the, the journey.
0: Yeah, there's so many expectations but just to sit back and really appreciate the moments extremely around those yeah, situations
1: it is because the 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 people around and doesn't help because of course we living the moment right and in that moment is is what we need is that result is that uh, is that thing is that um, is that uh, appearance is is whatever is that moment everything is great and you don't think that probably you if you enjoy it more uh, things will get more natural, you know. You could uh, ease off the the the, the, the pressure of you, and then and of course, when you have that much pressure, and then the results probably doesn't sometimes don't come because it's normal. You don't you don't get good results in every single weekend. You, you don't get it, it's mm-hmm. it, you and you always learning because you are always failing. It's funny actually. Last, last last two years ago. I was in Barcelona with them, talking with them. With, um, with a high tech company, and they said to me, actually the same question, but uh, actually almost the same question was like, what could you, what advice could you give to if you could uh, trying to implement racing into a normal office, normal job, you know? And I say that in the race week, and you go through so many, that's why it's, it's so special. I think the, the sports, sports in general. You know, because during the weekend you go to so many phases of your state of mind. You get to the weekend very confident. Then of course, then you start getting the pressure. And then if the first training, if the first testing or the first trial, like the the Olympic athletes, if it doesn't go well, then starts the doubt and the pressure because the next training you have to get better. right? And then if it goes well, then you go again happy and then you get to qualify. If qualify doesn't go well, you go very depressed because you get all the pressure again and you have to try to figure out how you're going to do it to turn over so you spend a day in hell. And then you go to race and then probably if it goes well, you you end up the weekend like feeling amazing, you know, very good and accomplished and your your, your job accomplished. So it's like you go to so many processes in terms of your your state in just in three days, um, and uh, and 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 you get really fatigued, mind, body, everything, because not just ph- is part of the physical, but always also the mind is a big blow every time, you know. So it's uh, so I say that sometimes we just have to step back and just try to relax you know, just to enjoy the process, just to enjoy the things, just just trying to learn with the mistakes and not trying to. To have the pressure to correct them, you know, learn, go better.
0: Would you say that meditation has really helped you improve your state of mind, as you know, bringing it to like a point of relaxation that you can actually focus onto these new things? Uh,
1: yes, it does actually. Um, we we I, I, I did also hypnotherapy, you know, and trying to try and get very in that state of mind that you're trying to almost get to hypnose yourself from. And, uh, but uh, beginning was was very, very difficult. It took me years to try to get uh, into, to manage to, to manage to use meditation in the right way. Because uh, I, I, I was very nervous all the time. I was very anxious, nervous. Um, and uh, every time I caused my eyes to meditate, I was trying to focus and then suddenly I started thinking and 100 things, same time, so it was even worse, you know, so uh, it took me a long time to try to realize, how a long time to try to, to control, because all my head used to be like, you know, a train, you know, moving, uh, and have you ever tried meditating in the sauna? No, I used to work out in the sauna, never, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> really? <laughs>
0: How was, how was that? How was working payful. out in the sauna? <laughs> <laughs> Very oh my god! Have you ever done um? Have you ever done yoga no, in the no, sauna? No. Oh, just just working out. Okay, that's really different.
1: Well, I used to well, I used to starting working out in the sauna because to try to get used to to hot temperatures to the temperatures you get into inside of the car because you have overalls, the the fire suits, proof helmet. Then you have to you you are sitting with your back leaning in the in the in the in the in the fuel tank the fuel cell uh, plus the engine and then you go to hot country so you get very high temperatures you know forty plus forty is fifty degrees inside of the car so um, so you you lose sometimes the most I, w- I lost in a race was almost was six kilos and something just in the liquids so, so I used to try to train the sauna. To try to get used to when you try to breathe and you burn through your lungs, you know, just to try to control that. Any special?
0: How did you feel when becoming the first Angolan to get in Formula uh, One?
1: Amazing. Uh, amazing. Uh, it's um, it's such a special feeling. But I, you only, I only felt, well, I, it's strange because when I drove it, uh, was was in the news there. And um, and was actually was in news in Angola and in Portugal because I have the nationality. Um, but when I went there is when I realized how important it was, how much impact I did, you know. Because before that I was I was in the team. I was in England, and I fly to to Barcelona. I did the first testing. Everything was was um, was on the, on the news. Yeah, but I was doing a job to the team. I was driving. And then I I drove the, for, the Formula 1 car and I thought, oh my God, this is special. But because I accomplished something, right? And then when I, then when I saw the impact was having in Angola, I said, yeah, this is, this is amazing. This, this feels so good. It feels so that the effort pays off. But then when I went there and I saw actually how good it was because I could show people that it was possible. I could show young kids. That if they start on sports, they can accomplish everything they want. You know, as long as they they have the they want they want that much, they want they have to the, the willing sacrifice, and that was special. It was very very special.
0: Who were your mentors when growing up?
1: Uh On racing, um of course, I remember Siena, right? Um, when uh, I meant idols or men- mentors next to me, I was. Gonna- <laughs> uh no, mm-hmm, yeah of mm-hmm. course in, in terms of idol I just remember sena uh, because of course he was uh, he marked the generation I still remember I was watching the race when he had the the crash in Imola, and um, that unfortunately took his life but then I, I saw Schumacher and I knew that it was mixed mixed that people some people love him, some people hate him was an all between, but uh, his dedication and his focus and his sense of sacrificing. Is what managed to put him where he was—a um, legend in terms of world titles, in terms of um, in terms of sports itself. Um, but also, I, I I used to look to another sports person, like Michael Jordan. I think is one of the best athletes of all times. You know what he did with the teams was that mental mental thing was was amazing. It wasn't physical in his case. It was mental, mental, mental. How he could push a full team behind him. Was something that is unreal, you know, making such a one person making such a big difference. And of course, in terms of mentors, I have to say, my father. My father was there every single step of the way. You know, I had, I had, I was lucky enough to have, um, and I'm still lucky to have a very close family. So, was my father was always there with me and trying to, um, to try to put me always in the right track. And my sister was always. Every single race, my mother was so much scared. to fly to a race. She went, she went all into one kart race that I was racing, and the guy was behind me he had a massive crash. And she said, after that, I don't want to watch any more races. You know, and uh, but she was there to support me. She used to switch on the TV and go close herself in the bedroom, so she was just hearing, you know, so she couldn't see the image, but. And she was still supporting, still pushing. Even she was so scared that some, something could happen to me. Every time something goes wrong, she said to me, "Come on, push. Go harder. Go quicker. Do whatever you, want, you have to do." You know. So uh, I was so blessed throughout my life to to have my family always with me.
0: How has COVID nineteen affected Formula One? Well,
1: it was was, uh, was 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 difficult. Our last year was was, was hard because. When the COVID really hit, everybody was in Australia for the first country, and um, and the numbers were sp- was, were spiking in Italy, um, then passing to 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 the rest of the countries in Europe, and Australia was just getting the first cases, and then, uh, then suddenly everybody said that all full Europe is going to a quick lockdown because nobody knew what it was re- really, and everybody was scared of the impact. And and the, and they were dragging the decision because imagine the the circuit full of people um, in the middle of the park in Melbourne because it's like almost a street race you know middle of the park full of people people want to get into the circuit locked no no kind of information nobody knew what really what to do and they dragged until the Wednesday until uh, the Saturday before qualifying and then it completely cancelled. So you can imagine, everybody was completely lost. You know, teams wanted to come home, mechanics, or staff, engineers, drivers wanted to come home to see the families because everybody was worried. So it was it was a big impact, it was a big shock. And then it was to try to adapt, you know, to try to adapt to situation, to trying to, to keep going as quick as possible, maintaining everybody safe, um, not just the uh, everyone that is inside of the circle. Um, but also the family of the people that are inside of the circle, because that guys, everybody have to go home at some point, and have a of fathers, have have mothers, have wife, husband, you know, kids. It's uh, so it it was was hard to try to create a safe environment, or at least almost safe environment, almost controlled environment for everyone. And then it was was three months difficult, but then everybody adapted. And it was, was nice to be able to keep going because then everybody was home, lo- locked down. You couldn't fight to the race, but at least could watch the races. And it was one of the most exciting years, honestly, last year. Because they had to implement it. They have to go to a new circuit. It's a, they weren't in the calendar. They had to put in Portugal here. And because I'm in Portugal at the moment. Imola. Um circuits like this, Mugello, that weren't in the calendar, weren't even dreaming to to receive F1. And suddenly they're receiving F1 because the circuit is located in a place that can be held uh, in a safe environment for for everyone. And uh, and not, none of the teams were ready. None of the drivers were that ready. So it created very exciting races, very unpredictable results. It wasn't just Mercedes, Mercedes, Mercedes. And, um, and and actually the, the TV rates increased a lot so it was was fantastic you know what's
0: in the future no for idea. you,
1: you know, no idea it's uh, i keep open mind of everything i have a problem. i say yes to everything that comes along and if you see a project i say yes let's go for it you never know what, what's in the other end you know um, i don't don't hold back i just say Whatever it comes, whatever it goes, you know, in terms of uh, our challenges. And I, I love a challenge. I just hate to be stopped. And at the moment, um, I'm keen to start working. I think we're going to start here in Portimao for the Grand Prix in F1 because it's coming back to Portimao um, in terms of being there and, uh, and working the, the, in the paddock club. And um, trying to get some, I'm, as I say, I'm uh, trying to, um, to, to also to, to start a uh, travel uh, coaching and management for younger kids to 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 help them to to, to go higher and to achieve what they want, and also pro- projects that will come, you know, and then um, that's the beauty of the things. You never know what can appear next year or in two years' time. You know, you just have to enjoy the you just have to enjoy the journey mm-hmm. and and then um, and um, you know and don't be scared to to grab any new challenge because sometimes it can look small today tomorrow can be a big thing you know so just just uh, and just have fun through the process
0: thank you so much well, for being so much. a part of the podcast and <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no problem